1: Pro-choice advocates staged demonstrations outside the homes of U.S. Supreme Court justices over the weekend following the leak of that draft opinion showing the court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. Russia suffers the loss of yet another top military official as Russia's president leads today's Victory Day ceremonies in Moscow, marking victory over Hitler in World War II. Top U.S. senator tells the Cats Roundtable here on 77 WABC that the failure of the Homeland Security Secretary to secure the U.S.-Mexico border is letting some of the absolute worst and most evil criminals into the United States. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul is in quarantine after testing positive for COVID-19. A move is afoot by a group of Big Apple Democrats to get the late Mayor Ed Koch's name erased from the Queensboro Bridge for what they claim was his slow handling of the AIDS crisis. Pro-choice advocates there protesting outside the homes of U.S. Supreme Court justices over the weekend. The demonstrators marched outside the homes of conservative justices Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts. It follows the leak of a draft opinion from the high court revealing the court favors overturning Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion in 1973. Outside Roberts' home, the group chanted, the whole world is watching, we will not go back, my body, my choice. This protester, Emily Ewers, said the demonstrators were justified in protesting outside of the justices' homes. Such
2: a high-stakes situation that if, you know, it's a little bit noisy in the neighborhood, um, you know, in comparison to what women in this country are facing, like, it's really not a big deal.
1: Politico reported Justice Kavanaugh is among five justices to cast preliminary votes to overturn Roe v. Wade. It is unclear, though, how Chief Justice John Roberts plans to vote. He has called for an investigation into the leak, calling it an egregious breach of trust. Russian President Vladimir Putin suffered yet another casualty in Ukraine, that of his 39th colonel in the war in Ukraine. That head of today's Victory Day extravaganza in Moscow. Lieutenant Colonel Fazul Bichakev, 36, was a high-flying elite soldier who died on a secret intelligence mission near Kharkiv. Retired Colonel and ABC contributor Steve Ganyard gave his opinion on why Russia has lost so many generals and other top military in the war.
2: So there have been an extraordinarily high number of Russian generals killed. That suggests several things. One, it suggests that the generals need to be at the front lines to ensure that their troops are conducting the battle plan in the way that they want. But that also suggests a lack of confidence in their troops if they need to be that far forward with that many senior folks.
1: Russia has lost 12 generals in the war. The annual Victory Day in Moscow celebrates the Soviet Union's victory over Nazi Germany in World War II. However, it has taken on an added significance this year due to the Ukraine war. U.S. intelligence is said to be feeding Ukraine's military information, leading to the death of Russian commanders. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson tore into Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the immigration policies. The senator blasting Mayorkas for abetting some of the most evil people on the planet by failing to secure the U.S. border. Here's Senator Johnson with 77 WABC owner and operator John Matides on the Cats Roundtable. He certainly would not
0: admit that the actions his administration has taken, you know, the, you know, ending the return to Mexico policy, blowing up the agreements uh, with Central American countries and Mexico you know, not completing the wall, completely oblivious, would not admit that those actions are exactly what sparked this crisis.
1: Johnson said the Biden White House and the administration of former President Obama have been a disaster for Americans. A well, New York's governor has COVID-19. Kathy Hochul is the latest lawmaker sent into isolation after testing positive for COVID. Governor Hochul announced her positive COVID test on Twitter adding it's a reminder to get boosted and tested. Enough time has lapsed. If you're hesitant in the early months, enough time has lapsed. It has been amazingly successful in saving lives. It works, and we want everyone to know we value their lives. We want them to Um, be healthy and not end up in a hospital or worse. So please, please, please get your vaccination. A day earlier, Governor Hochul visited the Atlanta State Historic Site outside of Hudson, New York, to thank Park volunteers. She is believed to be the 18th governor in the U.S. to test positive for COVID. The governors of New Jersey and Connecticut had also tested positive for COVID and since recovered. Oh, a mob of big apple Democrats are clamoring to have the name of the late New York City mayor, Ed Koch, removed from the Queensboro Bridge. Critics say Koch did not move fast enough to address the AIDS crisis during the 1980s or tackle spiraling crime. The push to remove Koch's name from the Queensboro Bridge comes from the Jim Oles LGBT Democratic Club, whose boss, Alan Roscoff, And here is Ross Goff on New York One back in 2013.
0: Can you imagine when people came to the city rights, um, to the gay rights hearings, and they said we were perverts and deviants and we should be shot and we should be killed. Can you imagine the national ramifications of Ed Koch said, and Carol Bellamy for that that matter, who is Mm -hmm. council president, had they both says, hey, you're talking about me.
1: Among those demanding Koch's name be removed from the Queensborough bridges, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney, she lobbied fiercely to add Koch's name to the bridge back in 2011. Koch, of course, mayor from 1978 to 1989, he died in 2013. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, sunshine today, our high 66. Windy, though, winds 21 to 23 miles per hour with gusts up to 33, mostly clear overnight. The low is 46, wind gusts to 32. Tomorrow, sunshine, the high 67, still windy, breezy, less breezy, though, winds to 20 miles per hour. Right now, we have 47 degrees, cloudy skies in the city. Well, U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the U.S. Senate, is not ruling out the possibility of legislation if the U.S. Supreme Court strikes down Roe v. Wade. The remarks follow that leaked draft opinion from the high court written by Justice Samuel Alito, that shows the court is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade as early as June. Democratic strategist Juanita Tolliver spoke on MSNBC about McConnell. Look, McConnell has spent decades and decades working to control women and people with a uterus that he's not going to stop now. He stacked the courts. He's pushed forward this
2: Republican control narrative. And so he's going to continue to go to the nth degree to get it
1: done. McConnell said the Republicans stand on the issue will become clear once the U.S. Supreme Court officially acts in June or July, following arguments in the case in December of last year. And in the opinion, Alito wrote that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start and argued that states should decide on whether to restrict abortion rights. Parents and politicians are slamming President Joe Biden for failing to take action to respond to the ongoing shortage of baby formula. The shortage has reached crisis proportions. Twelve states have 40% or higher out-of-stock rates. One mother, Shauna Bowman, spoke to ABC News about her experience trying to find formula for her 11-month-old son. We have been having to look pretty heavily for it, I would say, for the last four or five months. But this last month, it's just become impossible to find. Indiana Congressman Jim Banks criticized the president in a tweet for... Providing $4 billion in aid to Ukraine, well, more than 50% of baby formula is out of stock. U.S. Senator Jack Reed has written to the president urging action. Formula prices, too, up 20% with some retailers rationing baby formula. A first lady, Jill Biden, made a surprise visit to western Ukraine on Sunday, of course, Mother's Day. She met with Ukraine's first lady, Olena Zelenska, in a show of support it was during a course of Russia's war on Ukraine as it wages on. The public appearance of Zelenska was her first since that war began on February 24th. Here's the First Lady speaking with Zelenska. This war has to stop, and this war has been brutal, and that the people of the United States stand with the people of Ukraine. You feel it. So, Jill, Biden spent about two hours in Ukraine traveling by vehicle touring a border processing facility about 10 miles from the Slovakian border. Zelenska and her two children have been staying at an undisclosed location for their safety. Well, that's the sound of a Russian airstrike on Mother's Day at a Ukrainian school in the eastern village of Bilohorovka. It could be among the deadliest since Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th. Dozens of people were feared, injured or dead in that blast at that shelter. The airstrike comes as Russian President Putin has ordered forces to intensify their push to consolidate territory ahead of today's annual Victory Day ceremonies in Russia. Meanwhile, the head of the Russian space agency, Roscosmos, claims his country could quickly destroy NATO countries if a nuclear war were to take place. Dmitry Rogozin shared his message in Russian on his Telegram channel on Sunday. He claims the destruction could happen in 30 minutes. However, Rogozin also said, but we must not allow it since the consequences of an exchange of nuclear strikes will affect the state of our Earth. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov famously said that Russia would only use nuclear weapons if faced with an existential crisis. He said that back in March.
2: President Putin intends to, intends to make the world listen to and understand our concerns. We've been trying to convey our concerns to the world, to Europe, to the United States for a couple of decades, but no one would listen to
1: us. His comments do not align with the stance of NATO, which has stated that NATO condemns the strongest possible terms, Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, Tesla CEO Elon Musk created a firestorm on social media over the weekend after sending a cryptic tweet that he might die under mysterious circumstances. It appears Musk was referring to a potential threat from Russia after sending his Starlink equipment to aid Ukrainians with Internet access during the war. Musk cited a message from Dmitry Rogozin, a former deputy prime minister of Russia, who sent a statement to Russian media condemning Musk's Starlink satellite company for enabling the Nazi Aziv battalion to access the Internet along with Ukrainian Marines. According to our information, the delivery of the Starlink equipment was carried out by the Pentagon, Rogozin added. Elon Musk thus is involved in supplying the fascist forces in Ukraine with military communication equipment, and for this, Elon, you will be held accountable like an adult, no matter how much you'll play the fool. And Musk tweeted that the word Nazi doesn't mean what he seems to think it does. All mysterious deaths of three U.S. tourists are under investigation after all three died after falling ill at a resort in the Bahamas. The U.S. State Department says that a fourth person was taken ill as well and airlifted to a hospital for treatment. The State Department also said Sunday they are closely monitoring an investigation by local authorities. The acting prime minister in the Bahamas, Chester Cooper, issued a statement Friday saying that the deaths are not considered suspicious. 77 WABC time check, 515. Justin Alex here with weekend sports, and I'm sure there's a lot going on. Yeah,
2: Deb, there was a lot going on. Well, not much on the diamond as both the uh, Yankees and Mets were rained out big time Friday and Saturday, so they both indulged in doubleheaders yesterday. We'll begin in the Bronx uh, where the Yankees did finally get a chance to play after being washed out all weekend long. Garrett Cole kicked off the double header for the Yanks going up against... The lowly Texas Rangers, and the ace did not disappoint, clocking out with a line of five hits, one earned run, and 10 Ks over six and a third innings pitched. Unfortunately for the big right-hander, that was not enough to register the win as he exited with the game tied at one. Fear not, though, as glaver Torres came through in the ninth to make sure the grit of Cole did not go to waste.
0: High fly ball, right field and deep. Calhoun back on the track, at the wall. See ya. And the Yankees win
2: 2-1. That call courtesy of the great Michael Kay. And as he said, 2-1 was your final score in Game 1. And the Bombers carried that spark into Game 2 where they jumped out to an early 2-0 lead before falling off the wagon. Texas's Brad Miller snapped Michael King's scoreless inning streak with a pinch hit to run ding-dong in the 7th inning of Game 2 to hoist the Rangers over the Yankees 4-2 to salvage the doubleheader split. The rubber game of that three-game set is pegged for this afternoon at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That matinee, we'll see Nestor Cortez battle uh, battle it out with Texas right-hander John Gray. The Mets fell victim to the weather as well this weekend, so we retreated to a doubleheader between them and the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park yesterday to boot. uh, Game one saw the Mets go down 3-0 early and were unable to claw back. As they fall just short by a score of three to two. Game two was a much different story as Pete Alonso put the team on his back with a three for five showing at the dish, including two big home runs. After his two run piece in the first inning, Alonso came up again in the fifth frame, sending another ball into orbit. And
0: Alonso attacks one and hits one out of sight. Oh man, Pete got a hold of one to the back of the lower deck for a three run shot.
2: That call courtesy of the electric Gary Cohen. Six to one is your final from game two of the doubleheader as the Mets take the series win into an off day today before heading to D.C. to battle the Nationals tomorrow night. Looking elsewhere this evening, Rangers will hit the ice in Pittsburgh tonight down two games to one. After falling to the Penguins in game three over the weekend by a score of seven to four, just about do or time, just about do or die time, excuse me, for the blue shirts tonight, as that face off is set for seven PM Eastern time. For more sports content, follow seventy seven WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on seventy seven WABC.
1: And Justin, you had a chance to talk with the former Ranger player, right? We've got that coming up in the second half.
2: Yes, indeed we do. Indeed we do. Looking forward to it. Pete Stemkowski. Great, All right. great
1: chat we had. All right, that chat in our second half. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny day or high sixty six. Wind gusts to thirty-three miles per hour. Still windy overnight, the low forty-six, mostly clear skies. Sunny day tomorrow, the high sixty-seven. Winds die down to about twenty miles per hour. Right now we have a reading of forty-seven degrees, cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Frank Morano standing by with your business report.
0: I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Yet another Down day on Wall Street Friday, with the Dow down 98 points, the Nasdaq down 173 points, and the S&P 500 down 23 points. Some hospitals grappling with rising nurse salaries are seeking to raise prices by up to 15%, touching off contract fights with health insurers and businesses and threatening higher premiums. HCA Healthcare, Inc. and Universal Health Services, Inc. are among the hospitals asking health plans to pay them more for care to offset mounting nurse costs. Neither of the chains would specify the price increases they're requesting, but people familiar with negotiations told the Wall Street Journal some hospitals are asking to increase their prices by 75 to 15%. Jared Kushner's new private equity fund plans to invest millions of dollars of Saudi Arabia's money In Israeli startup, according to people familiar with the investment plan, in a sign of warming ties between two historic. Rivals Affinity Partners, which has raised more than $3 billion, including a $2 billion commitment from the kingdom's sovereign wealth fund, has already selected the first two Israeli firms to invest in. The decision marks the first known instance that the Saudi public investment fund's cash will be directed to Israel, a sign of the kingdom's increasing willingness to do business with the country, even though they have no diplomatic relations. The number of wealthy Americans applying for citizenship or residency in foreign countries has skyrocketed over the past three years, as U.S. billionaires, tech entrepreneurs and celebrities look to create a plan B for their families, multiple investment migrations firms told the insider. More than a dozen countries offer so-called golden passports and visas that allow affluent foreigners to receive citizenship or residency in exchange for investing in the country. According to Forbes, the most expensive programs range from $1.1 million in Malta to $9.5 million In Austria, I'm Frank Morano. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight.
1: Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, the Dow's in the red, down 374 points at 32,435. S&P 500 down 56 and three quarter points. The Nasdaq's dropped 207 points. Gold down seventeen dollars ninety cents at one thousand eight hundred sixty four dollars ninety cents. Crude oil at one hundred eight dollars twenty six cents a barrel down one dollar fifty one cents.
0: It's the W.A.B.C. Early News.
1: Deborah Valentine with your 77 W.A.B.C. Early News. Well, sound of abortion protests there right here at home. Pro-life advocates ended up descending upon St. Patrick's Cathedral in Midtown on Saturday. The activists demonstrated just feet from a group of anti-abortion protesters who demonstrated monthly outside a nearby Planned Parenthood. The pro-choice group Ruth sent us a reference to the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has called upon abortion supporters to protest at Catholic churches across the country. The action followed that leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court suggesting justices will overturn Roe v. Wade when their final opinion is released. That'll happen in June or July. The Partnership for New York City is warning, unless crime is brought under control in New York City, the Big Apple will see a long-term decline in its workforce. The nonprofit represents local business owners. Under 40% of workers have returned to their desks. The head of the group is Catherine Wild. She appeared on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WABC owner and operator John Katz Matides. Wild said the low in office rate goes hand in hand with the public safety problem and concerns about homelessness not increasing over COVID rates. It won't surprise you that uh, about half of the employers, when we ask them, what's the factor? That is would be most effective. What could we do that would be most effective in bringing people back to the office? They said reduce the presence of homeless and mentally ill individuals and expand police presence on the streets and subways. New NYPD crime stats for April show crime is up in most major categories by a combined 34.2 percent. Felony assaults, robberies, burglaries, thefts all up while gun violence is down That report by the Partnership for New York City set to be released today. And besides finding that only 39 percent of workers have returned to the office, it also reveals that they are returning only three days a week. New York City Mayor Eric Adams got defensive Friday when he was asked about his three-day campaign-funded trip out to Los Angeles. The mayor claims he was on a business trip attempting to attract business to the city. His absence as crime surges and a new poll done by Quinnipiac University during his absence found his approval rating on the issue of crime down 12 points, with New Yorkers telling the poll it's their number one issue. Here's Mayor Adams. This is what I must do. I must do what other mayors are doing. They're coming to my city, in our
0: city, encouraging businesses to go to their city. They're learning from our ideas. And if I'm going to sit home while other people are coming, taking our businesses, that's a big mistake.
1: Adams spent the last two and a half days in the city of Angels, where he was the only elected official on a financial technology panel organized by the Milken Institute. Adams attended a swanky soiree with comedian Dave Chappelle. City Hall rep told The Post his 2025 campaign paid for his flight there and back, as well as two nights worth of hotel stays. There's been another inmate death at the notorious Rikers Island Jail, threatened with federal takeover. A 25-year-old homeless man, Deshaun Carter, is believed to have taken his own life at the jail complex Saturday night. His death two days after Carter was transferred back to Rikers from a state psychiatric hospital. Carter now the fourth person to die while in custody at Rikers so far this year. Former inmate Benji Lozano deplored the conditions at Rikers Island Jail while speaking with NBC's Lester Holt
0: feces all over the wall, uh, unoperable uh, restrooms, toilets were not flushed, the sinks would not work. It was just, it was disgusting.
1: Newly appointed commissioner of the New York City Department of Corrections, Luis Molino has been given two weeks to issue a plan to address the crisis at Rikers or risk federal takeover. Corrections officials say Carter's death is under investigation. He had been arrested on first and third degree burglary charges. An inflammatory children's book that's being distributed to New York City schools teaches kids as young as two that the concept of race was created by white people who claim they were better, smarter, prettier, and that they deserve more than everybody else. The book, Our Skin is its title, was penned by Harlem activist Megan Madison and Brooklynite and library worker Jessica Raleigh and published last year. Author Jessica Raleigh spoke to ABC7 about why she wrote the book last March. We really created the tool that I had been looking for as a parent to have supported, intentional, honest
2: conversations early and often about race and racism with
1: my own kids. The book, aimed at those ages 2 to 5, has been distributed to at least one in Manhattan kindergarten and one on Staten Island, as well as a school in Brooklyn. It appears to be part of the Department of Education's new Universal Mosaic Curriculum The DOE announced that plan under former Mayor Bill de Blasio. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Windy day, gusts up to 33 miles per hour. Sunshine, though, the high 66, the overnight low 46. Still windy with gusts to 32 miles per hour. Sunny tomorrow, the high 67 winds to 20 miles per hour. Right now, 47 degrees, cloudy skies here in Manhattan. How
2: the girls all get prettier at closing time. How they are. The music world has
1: lost yet another talent. 86-year-old Mickey Gilly there has died. The country music star's Texas nightclub served as the inspiration for the 1980 film Urban Cowboy. His publicist, Zach Farnham, said Gilly died Saturday in Branson, Missouri. No cause of death given, though. Gilly garnered 17 number one singles between the late 1960s and 80s, including his 1974 cover of Room. of roses.
0: It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.